As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Okay, welcome back to Straight from the Source, Michael Russo. Coming to you from downtown Minneapolis. Uh, brought my muscle here today, Billy Garen, uh, our, our mutual friend Lasty. I'm going to put a mic in front of him and have a, have him ask the hard. Please button. don't do that. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought him. <laughs> so, uh, or, he, or he 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 brought you. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. So, uh, so welcome back to uh, Straight from the Source here. Uh, good time to have you. You were on the radio the other day and uh, made headlines. Um, and, uh, the biggest question that I have is, uh, people want to know if I'm the they that you uh, referred to in that interview that doesn't know a crap. I don't know. I don't know if you're they, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know who is, <laughs> but I thought it was a, um, I thought it was a, a, a great interview. I think Dan did a great job and, um, I love going on with him and, you know, I was just at a point in in, uh, in the discussion where, you know, I just kind of wanted to set the record straight. And like I said, I, you know, people have been, I think this interview or that interview was something that I got, everybody keeps coming up to me and saying, great interview, this and that and whatever, but, or, and then I saw some of the, the headlines on it, I guess, and it was like Garen loses his cool and this and that. And um, I think, which I think is just kind of clickbait, but so I don't feel like I lo- lost my cool. I felt I said things direct and to the point. And um, I, I, I trust Dan because I think that he does a good job. And that's kind of the relationship that we have in our interviews. And I feel that I can, uh, 
I can say things like that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, 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 you know, I'm, a, I'm not into, I don't know. I'm just not into bullshitting people. Yeah. Or being passive aggressive or anything like that. And, you know, maybe, maybe to a fault sometimes, but that's just the way I am. The, the big, obviously, uh, thing that probably is what caused all this was more the Dumba stuff. And, and I think just the belief out there that, that if, look, if, if Kevin Fiala is going to stay, that, that Matt Dumba would have to be the one to go. And, and it does feel like Dumba is the one that you, that you feel, all, all, you know, uh, strongly about, but also I think tired that people seem to always want to pick on him. Yeah, I think he's an easy target for some reason. And you know what? I, I just, yeah, I get tired of that. And that's not the only, like, if we, if, if we're to keep, um, Kevin, you know what? That's, that's not the only way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different things you could do, but, um, you know, and, and I don't know what direction we're going to go in yet. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I think, I think people, I think people that are, think they know what's going on or want to know what's going on, offer their opinion a lot of places and it's just not accurate. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess that's where sometimes I'm just like, oh God, listen to this. Like, and, and it gets steam and I, where, why I get upset sometimes is because there's a human being on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And I know players are compensated real well, and we, you know, players sign up for this. We all do in this world. But you know what? Um, I guess we, we just live in a world, too, where, you know, you can put something online, you can put something on Twitter and have zero c- accountability. Mm-hmm. And you can do it from, you know, 5,000 miles away and, and not ever have to face anybody and just say whatever you want. And... I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I get tired of it, and that was my day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Fiala stuff, though, obviously the big the big thing that probably made headlines out of that was the, was the line that, you know, just that, you know, which made it sound like the decision is made to trade him is just that, you know, you're, you're wanting to get rid of one guy because of another guy that just had a good three months, and that was the big line that kind of made steam on that. I mean, do you, do you feel like, um, I mean, is that how you feel? Is is that like, look, you know, Kevin had a good year, but the reality is, is that he didn't have a good start to the year. You know, it took until Matt Boldy got here where he really took off, and you know, then for a second straight postseason, uh, disappointed. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think Kevin's probably the most disappointed in his postseason more than any of us. Um, you know, uh, Kevin had a great year. Like make no bones about it. Anytime you produce like that, it's it's a great year. I think uh, you know, in saying that it, it didn't happen when until Matt Boldy showed up. Well, I, I think Kevin was always a guy that you know he didn't have a line. Like it kept it was a you know it was a revolving door. Right. That's really hard on a player. It's hard to create any chemistry. It's hard to create any consistency. Um, and and I think those were part of his. And then that gets to you mentally, and I think that that's something that um, that ate at him for a little while, um, and, and that's real. Um, but then you saw when Matt came, and they were together consistently, and you know, and I, I'm not leaving Freddie out of this, but you know, we're just talking about Matt and Kevin that really created some offensive chemistry, and uh, and away they went. So it was a good sign. I just feel like if 
I mean, you know what? If if Bolds was able to be there all year, I mean, Kevin probably would have been a hundred point guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, uh, you, you know, I guess, you know, in, in me saying that, it's just kind of, uh, I, I guess it was just more against what you know people assume we're going to do with Matt. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was the reason for that comment. And right. Do you yeah. um you met, you mentioned Boldy with 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 Fiala. Is there a concern that if Fiala isn't there that Boldy will be the same type of player? Like how do you if you do trade Kevin Fiala, how do you replicate 85 points? I mean, Marco Rossi if he comes up on the team, he's not on in his rookie year going to be, you know, probably well, be an 80. Chances are you don't. Yeah. So but. how do you how do you sort of get over that how do you how do you get you know still be as good but not have 85 points well i think other guys will step up i think you know what you don't know what whoever whoever jumps into that that space um we don't know what they're gonna do Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's kind of like how kevin came came to fruition in in minnesota we traded jason zucker nobody thought we should trade jason zucker and it was going to be the end of the world, and you know he's been here so long, and he's done so many great things. Well, in trading Jason Zucker, that opened up the spot, and we had to play Kevin Fiala. Mm-hmm. So that's and then that's when Kevin Fiala blossomed. So who Somebody knows? Else. Somebody else is going to do it. That's mm-hmm. the name of the game, you know. And if if we're unable to sign him, and and that sp- spot is open, mm-hmm. it, it's it's open to competition. So. Whoever's playing best is going to, or whoever's going to give us the best opportunity mm-hmm. there is going to get it. And they, hey, you know what? You never know. Yeah. Have you started already getting calls on Kevin? <clears throat> no. Really? Um, no, no, I haven't gotten a call on anybody. Like, I haven't made any calls. I haven't, mm-hmm. like, it's just kind of a quiet time. I mean, there, there's not. Playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. And, you know, we're, we're still kind of fresh yeah. out and just. I'm trying to get my own house in order first, right. and uh, you know we'll we'll see in a couple of weeks. There's no rush. Yeah. Do you um? How do you um? How do you maximize trade value for a guy that would be one year from unrestricted? Because you know, like I was thinking, like I'm working on this story with uh, one of our writers at the Athletic on like what could you get for a Kevin Fiala and. You know, the one thing that we looked at is that last year, like Reinhardt and Buchnevich, kind of similar situations, you know, uh, close to UFA, young mid-20 guys, not Kevin Fiala, but, but pretty good players. And and I think some you could look at, they, they weren't huge trades. They weren't like, you know, they weren't, it, was, it wasn't a dollar for dollar or you you won the trade, that type of thing. You know, Sandy Bland, a pick, um, that type of thing. How do you how do you work that? I mean, do you just have to try to get a bidding war in there? Yeah, I mean, you know, in a perfect world, we'd probably have multiple teams interested, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there will be. And, and then you make your best deal. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not. I'm not like I've always said. I'm not in it to win a trade. I, I need, I want fair value for what we're we're about to give up, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll see what the market is. But I mean, I think Kevin's a pretty valuable guy, right? Um, Matt Dumba. Uh, we talked about him. Um, obviously, he's somebody that that you have a lot of respect for both on and off the ice. We saw two sides this year. One where Matt was out of the lineup and you guys really cratered. You missed him. Mm-hmm. Another where he was out of the lineup and you guys continue to play well. It was probably your best hockey of the season at the end of the year. How do you, um, how do you, 
like look at Matt now with his injury level? I mean, is it is it a concern to now extend him, or do you have to just go into next year and just say, all right, he's got one year left on his deal. Let's see what happens. Like, yeah. is there a concern with his injuries, his propensity for injuries? I'm not concerned about it. Okay. No, I, I mean, hey, look, the kid plays so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, everybody sees it. You know, and he, you know, he he launches himself in, into guys, and he he uses every bit of muscle and and weight that he has. And, um, you know what? In, injuries happen when you play hard. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, I don't know, if you, if you got one of these Iron Man streaks going, sometimes it's, sometimes it's. You're not that dur. It's not that you're that durable. It's that you don't yeah. do things like Matt does. I agree. With and you know, with all respect to the guys who played, you know, 900 plus games in their career straight, but you you just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Do you? Um, somebody had a great question. I think it was Bruce Siski, um, and I'm paraphrasing it, but you know, you said in the press conference that some that a lot of people don't realize how Matt Dumba is not the biggest guy in the world. Do you think that Matt? Matt needs to also realize that. Like, do you think that he needs to maybe change a little bit about the way that he plays and not go for these open ice hits that sometimes don't achieve really much anyway? Well, I don't know if I don't know if I agree with that last part okay. that they don't achieve much. I, I think it's, I think he, Matt, Matt is the, like I've said, he's the emotional leader on our team. He's an energy guy. He's and those those uh, those hits deliver energy and you know what they they back people up you know he's out on the ice or you better know he's out on the ice because he'll catch you and you know what I I think as you as you get older you 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 have to manage yourself a little bit differently you know I I mean I know I I had to I, I ran around a lot as a younger player and then as I got older well as I got older and better (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't have to do that as much. But no, it, it's actually, yeah, you get a little smarter and you you pick your spots. And, and I think he does. I think he's getting there. Like, you don't see him do it every single game, but right. every once in a while he just steps up and you're like, oh, boy, if he caught that guy <laughs> or if he does catch him, he's, it's a good hit. Right. Um. So, um. Uh, but uh, right now there's probably no, look. you're not looking to extend him this summer or you might? Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. Um, you, what have you been doing the last couple of weeks? Like, is it all dissection of the season, trying to figure out what went wrong? Like what, what, what happens immediately after a season? Well, immediately after, you know, you, it's, I, I think it's more information gathering than anything. And, um, you know, in talking to, talking to players, talking to the coaches, talking, even talking to the trainers, um, all, all that stuff, and and I, I uh, you know, for the most part, it's it's information gathering, and you know, getting other people's opinions on where did things go wrong, what can we do better, what do we have to do better, you know, all, all sorts of stuff like that, and then you know, in the next little while, we'll be going through, you know, rosters and possible changes and. Uh, we got the draft coming up and all that stuff. Just it's all just preparation. I remember talking to you before Game Four, and you basically almost called it. You said, "This is the game. Like the, mm-hmm. this, this is a very, very important game tomorrow." Yeah. Um, is what you said that day. Um, I guess 
how disappointed are you that you didn't take advantage of that game against a roster that was St. Louis was was you know you know severely undermanned, especially on the back end, and you know at the end of the series, I mean, does like do you have to almost re um, reimagine the way that you looked at this team just based on the disappointment of losing in six? Well, I I I. I, I do think that game four was the one mm-hmm. and it, it did. I think it did two things. It let them off the hook and it gave them confidence. Mm-hmm. The way I look at the team is it, is it, is it a flaw in us that can be, that can be corrected or is it a flaw in us that has to be corrected by me mm-hmm. in interchanging players? Um, because to me that was that was the killer instinct that we need that we were the killer instinct is what we were missing yeah we in my in my opinion w- what happened was was we we saw a team that was that was wounded and instead of sticking to our game playing down down low in the offensive zone grinding them we started taking chances and making shitty plays and turning the puck over and they're even with all their injuries they're too good to do that against so that ability to stick to our game and do that was was lacking and and is that is that a learning lesson or is that uh a personnel issue and and where are you with that i mean again knowing that you can't sit there and and say uh, what personnel decisions you're gonna make and things like that but but how do you determine that as a gm because the reality is is um, you know you almost might not know until next year's postseason, and a lot of the guys that you could interchange are the core players of this team that some might argue lack that killer instinct. You know the players that you're not going to get rid of that are going to be mainstay guys in this team. Right, right. Um, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, and, and I'm still uh, I'm still kind of in my information gathering. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, state and, yeah. and we'll we'll get there we'll figure it out yeah one interesting thing that you said is that like it, there seems to be this belief out there or this perception out there and maybe not even just in this market but but outside this market that well now that now you're in the buyout cap hell so there's no way this team's they're going to regress there's no way this team is going to be as good next year in the years but but you made very clear at your press conference the other day last week week from a week ago tomorrow mm-hmm. that you think that you'll be every bit as good next season. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, hey, look, we we got to get to work and make sure certain pieces fall into place. Mm-hmm. But I do. I think we can. I think right. we can be be as good. Right. Um, let's talk about uh, – so the Goligoski extension came at an interesting time, uh, you know, in the middle of him being scratched. I mean, was that – I mean, was No, that- it wasn't in the middle of him being scratched. It was the first day we scratched him. Okay. And it was for well, maybe it was the day that you announced. I think yeah, yeah, it was for maintenance purposes only. And okay. it's you know what we did that with a bunch of our defensemen down the down coming mm-hmm. down the stretch, and it was you know we had seven healthy defense or eight healthy defensemen, um, and you know what, Golly was a guy that that you know he's he's a little older. Um, we wanted to make sure that. Uh, that he was getting the proper rest. We were going to try to avoid back-to-back games for him. I mean, look at, I mean, what was he, plus 40, 41 or 42 or whatever it was? Like, he had a great year. 
and for him to come back on that type of dollar amount, that's what we need. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess I, when I started hearing stuff like that, like, oh man, the timing of this is really weird. He's scratched and I am like, what the hell does that have to do with it? Right. Nothing. Not in my mind. Cause oh. it's, it's, I think it, it just doesn't, I don't know. It didn't even, didn't even compute with me. Like, why would you sign this guy to an extension? You know, when you're, when you're healthy scratching him. Well, because we're scratching him for a reason. Right. And he's on board with it. Mm-hmm. And, not, like, that's what I mean. Like, even going back to that last interview, nobody knows what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. So it's all, I don't know. It's all, I, and I get it. I get it. It's all speculation and all a guessing game because nobody does really know what we're thinking. But that was all, it was all planned. So how does, how does that, would it, would it have been better if I, if did I did it a week earlier or if I waited till he was back in the lineup right, three games right. in a row? Right. I don't care about that stuff. Now, how does it affect Addison, though? I mean, like, in your mind, is Addison still the same guy that you thought he was going to be? I mean, do you mm-hmm. think he's going to be a big part of this organization in the future? I do. I do. But he's got to um, he's got to continue to get better. He's got to come and, and you know, th- this year he's got to come in and uh, and kick the door in. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, tell everybody that he's arrived, and you know, I think he's going to be fine. But I do see him, you know, playing a lot for us next year. Uh, you know, and he he's just gotta he's just gotta come ready to hit the ground running. Uh, Tyson Jones, where does he fit in next season? Um, you know what? I, I think we I can see him up the lineup a lot more than he was this year. Mm-hmm. I think even coming in. You know, we, we, it's all been said, you know, hey, he was the 10th overall pick. I think there's a lot more potential for him offensively. We've all said it, and I think, I think it's a little tough to really give the guy that, that much of an opportunity when you're three-quarters of the way through the mm-hmm. season. Things are kind of set. He's come in in a certain role. You know, we had, we had three lines that were really cranking, you know. Right. So he, he fit on that, that, you know, with Duhame and Delorier pretty well. That's what he had been playing, so we keep him there. Next year, I think there's going to be a little. I think there'll be a lot more offensive opportunity for him. Right. I got to ask you one more Fiala thing that totally slipped my mind, and and you might not know it, but you actually might know it because you're usually in tune with this type of stuff. But, um, you know, with social media, everybody always tries to read stuff into things, and well, he. I'm so, I'm so in tune with the social yeah, media stuff. Well, but I figure maybe Liam or somebody has told you. Or one of your one of your uh, people in the front office, or Sicky or somebody, but uh, he changed he like he changed his profile picture to oh, out of a wild uniform. But he also God. he put a picture up that he said thank you Minnesota. So people are just reading into it that that that's him saying goodbye. I mean, um, you know, does I I know you said the other day there's a big boy world, but I mean, is I mean, is there anything in his mind you think that you let him believe that it's a hundred percent done? No. Okay. No. You know, I, I just, I mean, he's still our player. Um, there's still a lot of time left. I, like I said, I don't, I don't know what can happen between now and, you know, July. Mm-hmm. A lot can happen. Right. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, let's, a uh, couple more. And I, don't, I don't follow, I don't know what guys' profile pictures are and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I didn't know I his don't. profile picture until that was pointed out to me. They yeah. changed that too. Um, regardless, um, 
special teams. That was a huge, huge, huge topic in the postgame presser and the postseason presser. Obviously, Dean owned up to it as well. Um, how do you, how do you, go, I mean, I got to think this is going to be a huge part of your offseason to try to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Dean and I met, um, uh, you know, shortly after we were done and, and we both, you know, obviously agreed that they both need to get much, much better. Mm-hmm. It cost us. Yeah. They really did. And, and, you know, we have the personnel, um, you know, I, I think it's it's. You know, I, I know our coaches work extremely hard at it, um, but it's a matter of getting it from the you know the whiteboard, you know, to the ice mm-hmm. and and executing and executing in in critical times like the playoffs. You you know you you don't um you had the heaviest schedule other than the Islanders after, you know, after, after the all-star break. And, and because of that, you really didn't practice. I mean, I think you had three practices from March 21st on yeah. and a lot of optional morning skates where guys aren't out there. I mean, that was the one thing I noticed with the blues in the playoffs is that every morning they're out there doing power play penalty kill. I mean, is that something that will have to change next year where you practice it more, even if you have well, actual I, I, practices off? Yeah, I, I think, I think, um, I think just our schedule alone will will permit more practices. Okay. I mean, our listen, it, it it's always a balancing act, right? And it's it's really tough on the coaches and the training staff to uh, you know balance uh, practice versus rest versus health, all these things that you have to take into account. And uh, I guess the one thing is you you can't execute, you can't perform if you're if you're tired, right, you have to you have to be rested and healthy and all those things. So, I actually think I actually think coming in the last you know month and a half of the season, our coaches and uh, did a did a great job of managing the the schedule and between rest time and, and practice time and so, but the getting back to it, the special teams you know will will have to be better. Um, Delorier, did you like what he did, and 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 do you think that you'll bring him back, or is that- love Delorier, mm-hmm. loved it, loved everything he brought, um, his physical nature, his uh, thing more, his leadership and personality and and um, his passion. I loved everything he brought. I'm I'm really hoping to bring him back. Right. I I, I just you know he's a, he's a he's a team first guy. You know, there's 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 no BS. He knows his role. He loves his role. He just wants to win. Mm-hmm. And he he's somebody that obviously performed for you in the regular season, but maybe wasn't as effective in the playoffs. He was yeah, hurt. he he was he was he was uh, he was pretty banged up. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where you know play, a player is never going to say, "Hey, coach, you know what? I'm really hurt and take me out." Um, you know, and it got to a point where we you know we had, we had to we had to just take them out, but players are never going to offer that up. I mean, um, in hindsight, we probably could have taken them out a lot earlier, but, uh, you know, he just brought so much to the room and the bench and, you know, is, you know, he played really well for us. It's just, it's unfortunate he got hurt. Have you started talking to Fleury yet? No, no. I mean, you know, flower and I had a good end of the year meeting. I think what he needs right now is just some time. Just, Mm -hmm. it was a crazy year for him just to, you just got to go and decompress and, uh, 
you know, just give it some real, real thought, you know. He's somebody that I like. Do you get the sense that he'll want to see what's in there, what's out there in free agency? And if it gets uh, there, I mean, is it unlikely? You know, if you don't sign him before July 13th, which is, this year is the first day of free agency, I mean, do you think it's then unlikely? Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I think, you know, it's I've obviously never been in this position with Flower, but yeah. I, I think if it, it's got to make sense to him. Mm-hmm. You know, if it makes sense to him, I, I don't think timing will be, you know, he's made enough money. Yeah, right. Is that what you told him to? <laughs> no, I don't need to tell him that. He knows that. <laughs> um, Adam Beckman, what happened to him this year? What do you mean what happened to him? Like, wh- like, just where was he? Like, everybody was so excited in training camps, four goals. 20 you know? years old. Yeah. What do you mean what happened to him? Well, that's he, uh, that. What was he supposed to do? Play, yeah. Score 40 goals? Yeah. Well, I mean, no. I just like, I think He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He came into training camp. He made an impression. Exactly. Everybody's talking about him. Everybody's wondering what, you know, where is he? Where is he? He's right where he should be mm-hmm. because the American Hockey League is hard. He's doing exactly what, you know, it's why it was good for Matt Boldy. It's why it's going to be good for Marco Rossi. It's going to be good for Adam Beckman, too. Like, it's not, where are we going to, where are we going to bring him and, and, and put him in the lineup? But do you feel like, he, I guess I was more talking okay, about his he, Iowa he, season. Like, you know, like what, what it's happened? Hard. Where, yeah, what yeah happened it's where hard. He wasn't Nothing productive. happened to him. He's, mm-hmm. He was great. You know, he played with energy. He played hard. He played with all the things that, that, you know, gave him success in training camp. You just don't pop into that league and score 30 or 40 goals. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And when you're a kid, you know, I mean, I mean, he's 20, right? Like, Go out in the regular world and look at a 20-year-old kid. And then take that kid and stick him in professional sports and, you know, ask the world of him. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And he's going through a development process that, you know, it's not going it, to – it's not just, you know, 30 games and done for everybody, you know, like it was for maybe for Boldy. Um, it, it could take Becky, you know, another year. Um, but the, the main thing is we got to give him the time. And do you, I mean, do you think that's, that that's actually good for him? Like, I'm sure that. I think it's I, great for him. I mean, the, the one thing that I get gathered is that he might have lost confidence this year because this is the first time he's ever struggled to score. Who hasn't lost confidence? Yeah. That's why he's doing it there, not here. Right. We all lose confidence. I mean, that that's why you're going through the growing pains. That's why if you're rushing, if you're rushing players and they lose confidence in the NHL, mm-hmm. it's, it's. It's more uh, damaging than than anything, you know. Down there, you can keep. We don't. We don't have the time to like have a kid lose confidence and then, you know, bring him back, have him lose it again. No, do it down there, where you're supposed to do it. And it it's a developmental league, and you know. So by the time he gets up here full time, and if he starts losing confidence, he knows how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's been through it. Before. Right. So I I think he's doing great. <laughs> There's no rush. Yeah. No um rush. I wish everybody saw the face Billy made. Um Rossi, <laughs> uh last one and then we're going to get to some fun uh wild fan questions. Um Rossi, uh you know, obviously almost a point of game down there might have hit a wall late. Uh, I know he was dealing with a little bit of an injury, things like that. Um 
do, do you feel like, I mean, you sort of knew when Boldy was going to be ready. I mean, you, you knew like, all right, this is going to, you pick, basically picked when he was going to come up. I think at one point in early December, he was going to come up, but he got hurt that night. Yeah. Um, do you feel like Rossi proved enough down there this year that if he comes into camp this year and feels, and you feel like he has earned it, that he's ready to step in and be productive in the NHL? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I do. Um, Marco, Marco's done everything we've asked of him. Uh, you know, it's about a point a game player down there, which is not easy to do, but also played, you know, uh, major defensive roles, like killed penalties, played four on four, three on three, all this stuff. And, um, he, and it, and it, it was not an easy year for him too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he dealt with, you know, he, he got sick too. He, you know, he had injuries also and like, and it was good for him to grind. It was, you know, like, with the, the lack of hockey that he played the year before, for him to get back in and play a full season like that was really important. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's just see how let's see how he comes into camp and how he performs there. We're not going to force feed him. Mm-hmm. That that I can promise you. Like we, and and this has been made very clear to him that we want him to make the team. We want him to push for a spot. That would be there would be nothing better. But we're not going to. If he's not ready, if he's not prepared, then we're not going to force him. He'll, I, he'll be he'll be there eventually, right? And then when he's there, it's going to be like Boldy. You won't look back, but you got to make sure that that's at the right time. Um, I uh, I had Tim Army on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and the one thing he said with him is he's got to get stronger. Is that a three hour podcast? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I had to cut it short. We we did it. We, what we did is we did it an hour Timmy's before a playoff game, and so I knew there had to be a deadline for it to end. For Timmy's us to the best. Get up the world. Um. And and yeah, people love when he's calling the podcast. But the one thing he did say is that that Rossi's got to get stronger. How how does somebody that size get stronger? Like you know, with the, without the obvious, like you know, workout things like that. Like without it maybe affecting like your speed, their skill level. Like like what can he do this off season to sort of get stronger to the point that you guys feel that he can function in the National Hockey League? Um, you know what the I mean the one thing that I do worry about with Marco is is actually overtraining. Right. Um so you just want to make sure that he's that he's doing the right the right things that are having the most effect on him. Um making sure that he's resting and not damaging his body along the way because there is something that, there is overtraining and you just want to be really careful of that. And sometimes it's sometimes it's time and it's and it's age. Like you get you get a little stronger as you get older and, you know, like, like I said about Becky, like these kids are young, mm-hmm. you know, that's why we didn't bring Becky as a, as an ace because we wanted him to go back and just start getting, just go back and get in the gym, going to the rink every day and getting bag skated and then going to the twins game and doing all this stuff. And that stuff wasn't going to be a benefit to him. It would have been fun, but go home, take a week off and then get in the gym. And then just sometimes it's just time. Right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's go to Twitter questions. Danny Sussman says, uh, what was it like watching the team get away from their game in the press box as a manager? How much do you get involved with the coaches, with the team? I, I was in the elevator ride down with you after game four and six. And, you know, you, you kept it cool in there, but I'm sure you were simmering. No, I <laughs> I have my good games and my bad games. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's some games are a little more frustrating than others, but I, I think when... I bet you were actually probably angrier after game four than six in a little bit yeah, just because I'm yeah, sure just, you knew that that was disappointed. Yeah. Like you're not, I'm not throwing shit up there and going crazy. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can, I can, uh, I can get angry from time to time, but that doesn't, that doesn't do anything. That doesn't help, especially in the playoffs. I don't, you know what, if I go down the coach's room, it's, you know, I go down and support those guys, you know, it's not, it's not the time to panic. It's not the time to, oh, my God, this guy stinks, that guy stinks. It, that doesn't do any good. What we have to do is kind of realize where we went wrong and, and improve. And, you know, I, I just go down and I, I talk to Dean. And, you know what, I, I, have a lot, I, I trust him. I have a lot of faith in him and, you know, to make the corrections that we need to make. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I guess unfortunately it didn't didn't work out, but um, yeah, it was disappointing. The uh, it's fu- it's funny you said that because I after game three I was in the elevator ride down with Doug Armstrong and we were walking together past the TV trucks there and he got right in his car and left. Yeah. <laughs> I said I'm like you're I'm like you're leaving. He goes, yeah, nothing I could do right now that would be good. Yeah, yeah so and that's honestly yeah. that's what I do. Sorry, it was after game. Yeah, it was game uh, three. Yeah, I I do that. Uh, ninety-five percent of the time, um, it, because nothing you say after the game is any good. Well, you, you said you learned all? that actually your first year. Yeah, there, right? you just, and Dean got into it. Yeah, said. and it's just stupid. Like, yeah. what what am I gonna say? Like, yeah. they know, and I'm gonna go down and say, oh, you know, player X was uh, he stunk tonight. Well, what the hell? Did, oh, the power play was off tonight. Well, they know that. Yeah, and all it does is create friction and it's just in a negative environment mm-hmm. so 95 percent of the time i i just go home mm-hmm. um you know this year during the playoffs i went down after every game and just you know had a beer with those guys and just but it, it's always just in in support like mm-hmm. it's not a let's figure this out right now the game just ended 15 minutes ago like nobody wants nobody wants to hear that and it's 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 a sensitive time, and you got to respect those guys and their emotion in the game and mm-hmm. what goes on. And I just, I yeah, Army and I have talked about that too, and like we talked about it to Jamie. He's just like I just go home, and I, I think some some people might think like, oh well, he, oh God, you should be in there working. Or well, I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And Dean and I will talk in an hour. You know, right. he'll call me when he's done with his media, when everybody's calmed down, and. And I, I, I just think it's better. 
makes sense. Um, Hockey Squatch wants to know, uh, we'll call him they. Um, he goes, objectively, does it make sense to get rid of a 30-goal scoring forward and keep a, a good defenseman and organization flush with defensive prospects? Um, I mean, it's an interesting question because you have O'Rourke and Hunt and Johansson and... and uh, you want us to stick one of those guys in the lineup yeah. next, well, that's the next year? Yeah. So you that that's the one thing that you're sort of saying is that this is a one... Yeah, this we're is, we're this flush is, with defensive prospects that are two years away. Right. So Lambos. what does that do for us next no. year? Right. Right. I don't know. Certified fact checker goes, uh, where does he see Dura fitting into next year's lineup? I uh, thought he should have been playing much earlier in the St. Louis series. If we're looking for guys who compete speed and pucks on net, he fits that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Not a bad thought either. I, I, I see him in the same role. I see him as a kid that's going to continually compete for more and more responsibility and and probably get it because he is gritty. He probably could have gone in the St. Louis series mm-hmm. a little earlier. Um, but he's he's a kid that will keep growing. Is he the type of guy, I know you're not Chris O'Hearn, but he's got arb rights. I mean, is he the type of guy that gets almost like the Duham type contract, like two-way, one-way type thing? Isn't that uh, what Duham yeah, got this year? Yeah, that's, a, that's what Duham got um, in and around that. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, this person asked about Middleton. Um, I, everybody keeps on asking me um, if you plan to keep Middleton. Maybe it's just because of your cap space, but but he's an RFA. I mean, Middleton's back, right? Yeah, we're keeping him. Yeah. What did you like about him? Everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved the way he supported Spurge, uh, the way he moved the puck, the way he you know, jumped into the play. He's physical and just heavy. He ends plays quickly. He's a great teammate. He's tough. Yeah, I like a lot. Um, he's got the Liam Guerin mustache. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, it's gone. Oh, is it's it? Gone, yeah. yeah. Uh, Avery Parker asks, uh, besides Rossi, uh, which other prospects do you expect to make a strong push for a spot on the roster? I mean, right now your, your roster is pretty set, but how, how about changing up where – what what are your guys that maybe we didn't see this year that we could see get games next year? Like, uh, could, could we see, see like, a Swainy you know, like, and a what's that? Like a Swainy and a Shaw and those guys. Do you see them? Yeah, playing? I could see those guys. Uh, Chafee, Shawzy, Beckham, Beckman, uh, Swains. Like, yeah, we'll. I mean, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Centers. Yeah. Uh, that's one area where you probably have to get. Yeah, we'll have to go out and, and find a couple guys. Um, and that again for Iowa. Um, this person asked, I don't know if you want to get into it, but uh, what happened with the whole Ben Myers situation? Was this just a situation where he just wanted to go to a team? That he maybe... picked a different team. Yeah. Um, That's all I know. Yeah. He never said anything like he didn't want to play at home or anything like that. Or sometimes no, that's no, the case. no. And he doesn't owe us the, the explanation. The, uh, I, will, I will say this. I, I have a lot of respect for Ben mm-hmm. because he went to one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, says a lot about him and his passion for, for winning. Mm-hmm. Um, the masked fan asks, uh, does the club have a planned and mapped out progression plan in place for Wallstead? Uh, yes. Do you like, I mean, could he be somebody even in two years could be a backup or is that probably even rushing things? I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how phase one goes. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, what's Boldy's ceiling in your eyes? Uh, this is Justin asked this question. Well, I think Boldy's a, you know, his ceiling. I mean, I I think he's a top, 
I think he's a top line player, mm-hmm. um, top power play guy. Um, you know, hey, look, he, he's he's a guy that that's, you know, he's still in a boy's body. Like he's when he starts filling out and and growing, and he'll, he'll and he's stronger on his feet and all that stuff. He, he's going to be a hell of a player. Um, great. Funny question from Ben Tesler. I saw, will you hire some ex-Navy SEALs to extract Kirill if you can't get out of Russia in the fall? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Did you talk to Kirill about that? I mean, was he, is there any concern? Yeah, we've him? talked about it and it's, yeah, we're, we're, we're okay. Yeah, he's just convinced like it's no problem. I got yeah. an acting work visa, I'll be able to come Yeah, back. exactly. What am I going to do? Say, no, you can't come right. home. You can't mm-hmm. go home? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, People want to go home. They want to see their families. They want to. They just want to be home. And and regardless of what's going on, like he just, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't blame him. Is it? Um, and I'll, I'll. I think I told you I'm going to talk to Chris O'Hearn about this this <clears> week. But is there like with guys that don't have work visas? Is there a concern about that? Not even from a Russia perspective. From a U.S. Like, didn't you guys have trouble getting first of a work visa? Yeah, it's a pain them? in the neck. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's not easy. Like, it's just. For, with everything going on right now and, you know, uh, all the friction and stuff, it's it's not just dealing with Russia. I mean, dealing with Russia is tough enough, mm-hmm. you know, never mind with all this other stuff going on. Right. Um, Eric Hansen, uh, let's ask non-player questions. This is good stuff. Um, when trying to make a trade that involves either a top player or a top prospect or pick, where both teams are offering something so coveted, what is the key to bridging the gap when you don't want to lose what you will? So in other words, you know, like I, I guess how tough is it when you're trying to uh, make a trade that involves a player that so many people want? Well, I think it's just realizing that you're going to lose something, mm-hmm. and you know, being comfortable with what you're going to get back. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what what type of deal are you willing to take? Like it, it's, and I think it, it it goes back to you know how many. How many teams are involved? What are you, you know, it's different, all sorts of different situations. Or guys, you know, what's their contract situation? What's their their free agency status coming up? All, all those things, but you you just have to be comfortable with it. If you're if you're giving up futures for a player, then you know you must really want that player. And you got to be comfortable giving those guys up, knowing you're sacrificing a bit of your future. Right. Matt Sather says, uh, describe how a typical trade negotiation conversation develops between you and another GM. Does it usually start with a text or a call, or how does that work? No, usually a, a call. Mm-hmm. Call. You don't. You don't. Do you want written you don't, evidence? You don't do this stuff by text. <laughs> My God. Screen capture. Jesus. Um. It, 99% of them don't get done, mm-hmm. but you make a call and you say, hey, you know, we like this guy in your team. Would you be interested in doing this? Or do you have interest in our guy? Or it, it can go a number of different ways. It, you'd be surprised at how human it actually is. Uh-huh. Like it's not, it's, it's not, it's not what you saw Brad Pitt doing a money ball. Right. Where you got your assistant, call this guy, call that guy, hanging up on people doing no, yeah. it's, it's not like that. Yeah, there are actually a couple of human beings having conversation. Right. Is it easier? Although when that you, is a great movie, and I yeah. thought those are great scenes. Is it, is it easier when you have a really good relationship with that? Yes. With that GM. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What GMs don't you have a good relationship? 
Uh, Brett Marshall goes, uh, when he's nego- when Billy's negotiating contracts, do players, agents ever use advanced stats to make a case for why they feel they're worth more or vice versa with sells giving Billy Garen stats on why a player may be worth less than what he's asking? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, most agencies now use it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and you got to say, yeah, but he scored zero goals in the playoffs. Yeah. No, I, I mean... To me, it's 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 more about we i we identify what the player means to us, where we see the player fit with us, and in our structure, how much money can we allocate to that player? Mm-hmm. If we go and just blow our brains out and give them whatever they want, and that screws up our whole cap, well, that affects our team. That affects our depth. Our that might cost us another player. So when when we have things kind of all all blueprinted out, we stick to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you you have to. It's like when you're when you're house hunting, and you see that one place that you absolutely love. You know what? But it's you know way you're, you're you got to pay way over asking price, and that that's not what you you have to be willing to walk away from that house, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? With some of the some of the players, you have to be willing to say no. You have to be willing to walk away, or lose them, or you know, just kind of dig your heels in and just say, "This is what we have for you." A couple more minutes with Bill Guerin. Uh, I love this question from Tyler because you know it's funny when we always write about exit meetings. You just you know you just write it broadly, but you never think of actually what's going on in there. And he goes regarding player interviews. When you like first, like how long do they take? Is it you and Bill, uh, Dean together? And his his question specifically is that when you have a free agent or player like Fiala where the future with the team is uncertain, what what do you say to them in those interviews and, and how are those handled, you know, different from maybe others? I'm completely honest. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I'm not going to say what I said in my meeting with Kevin, but I'm I'm completely honest with, with the guys. And um, I – to be – I, I really don't say much mm-hmm. um, because I, I think it's more important that they meet with Dean to go over like their year as a player. And, you know, I, I can tell them they made great steps or they had an off year or this is how I saw it. And that and that's fine. I will. But it's more I think it's more important for me to meet with the players to give them a chance to talk to me, mm-hmm. to give them a chance to um you know, voice concerns or displeasures or what can we do better? And like, that's, it's their opportunity, Yeah. you know? So I, I, I like to do most of the listening and um, I, I'm not going to look at it. It's, it's two days after we just got knocked out of the playoffs. I, each guy gets about 10 to 15 minutes. I'm not going to sit there and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, solve the world's problems or all the, the problems in their, their game or celebrate the successes or anything. It's just a, you know, it's an opportunity for them. And then uh, uh, Dean and you together or separately? Separate. Separate. What's the offboarding process? I mean, do they meet with Whitey to get a flight home? Like, how does that all work? Yeah, they, 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 they'll they meet with Whitey and just mm-hmm. kind of get all their travel plans yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. You think Fiala wants to be back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he does. I, I, I mean, <laughs> look, Kevin's a good kid, man. He's a good guy. And. 
he's had some success here, and I think he likes it here. But you know, I I also think he's you know realistic, and mm-hmm. you know he's looking at it. You know, and his agents are good guys and smart, and they know the market, and you know it's it's a tough situation. We um, really, hey, look, I have said we really like Kevin. Kevin's a great kid. He's a he had a hell of a he had a hell of a year for us. Who wouldn't want that on their team? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, uh, there was talk about how Everson could have coached more versus letting the captains and leadership group handle and just from period to period, game to game. What do you, what's Billy's approach to this? Um, you know, I know that one, what's that? The one thing that we've talked about is that the, that Dean um, likes to give the room to the guys, and you know, are you are you on board with that? That essentially the players. You know, he allocates a lot of responsibility to his assistants, you know, that type of stuff. He essentially stays out of the room. I think that's essentially the genesis of the question. I mean, that is that – do you like that? It, I don't think he stays out of the yeah. room, but, I mean, hey, look. But you were a player. It, you were it, a player. It worked, I'm sh- it worked pretty damn good for, mm-hmm. uh, you know – 82 games. For 82 games. Yep. You uh, you were a player. I mean, how it, – it's true. I mean, coaches – You don't. You don't – you can't have that voice all the time. Exactly. That's what I was getting at. It will. It will. It. it you really, as a player, it, it you die. can tune it out. It yeah. will die. Yeah. You turn. You. You will tune it out. Yeah. And if I, I think that's probably why I wouldn't be a good coach, is because I'd be in there all the time and just. <laughs> yeah. But it, it. No, I. I really respect the way Dean does that, and you know what? They like hearing from you know Bobby and Darby and. Uh, and Mac and, and guys like that. They, they love hearing from our, our video coaches and stuff. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's different. It's, you know, they don't always want Dean barking at them. Right. Uh, Scott asks, what is more tedious task as a GM, dealing with player agents when trying to sign a player or dealing with GMs when trying to put together a trade? I guess it depends on oh, both, right? Who the on, agent depends is. Depends on both. <laughs> I could probably name the GMs and the agents that you like. Both can like be those. great and yep. both can be a drag. Yep. Can you go back to uh, Wild Boys fifty nine wants to go? Can you explain the process of the Seattle expansion draft? And you know, you know, was it a bum, bummer for you to lose Carson Susie? Yeah, I mean, it was a bummer to lose. I, you know, I, I don't even remember. It. I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> but it was a bummer to lose Carson. I mean, he was a good player, but we knew we were going to lose somebody good. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You just you move on. Yep. Uh, J- Jacob uh, says with, with Barrero, Garen talked about how his first year, how this is the first year that the leadership. I asked you this question too in the press conference. This is the first year the leadership group was able to run things the way they wanted. What specific kind of difference has he seen in the locker room as opposed to years past? I just think you know what the you know what the we had three new captains and they were allowed to or the, you know what they they were the older guys now they were the the guys that have been here before they were the captains they. You know, in the past, they were just different captains. Mm-hmm. And this was their real first time with, you know, with, with, you know, we made player changes. And, you know, players that have been here for a long time were no longer here. And they got to do things their way. And I think that that was a really positive thing. A um, couple more for you. And they're, they're kind of fun questions. Uh, Drugged Zebra asks, uh, have you ever considered hiring an officiating consultant? That seems to be something that actually teams might start to be doing. Yeah, they they started. I don't know. There, I'd had a couple calls with a few guys, but pay me um, two hundred grand, and I'll tell you to challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. But you know, we have Mike Murray um, on our staff, and he sits next to Freddie, 
for any video re- reviews or anything um, because, you know, that was Mike's – Mike ran the the referee program in the American League for mm-hmm. 11 years, and he has a lot of history in, in you know, the, the the rules and the video calls and, you know, what to challenge, what not to challenge. Also, our, our two video guys have, um, you know, uh, uh, Jonas Plum and, and TJ Ginger have – you know, great knowledge of it too. And mm-hmm. they've got the, the technology there to, to, to get the in-depth looks and they've, they've made the good calls. And I, I don't think it's a terrible idea, but I just, I'm not really ready to right, jump right. into that yet. Right. You allocate your funds probably somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Mike, Mike Murray, he, did he, uh, he also levied suspensions and things like that? Oh yeah. Time? Yeah. So he, so you guys have had the last two of that, right? Jim Mill did that before him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's pretty funny. Um, uh, Here's a Pax Dragon one. So what is the biggest scoop that a reporter had during his time in management with the Pens or Wild that had him absolutely flabbergasted at how they managed to find that out? Any of that pop into your head? I know you weren't pleased when I found out about the whole flurry stuff. That one, you were a little flabbergasted. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know. It's just, to me, like, I don't, I don't get mad at a guy like you because that's your job. Mm-hmm. That's how you, that's how you make your, your living. And you know, all the guys like, you know, like Frank Cervalli and, you know, you know, Dreger and, and LeBron and all those guys, it's how you guys make your living. What pisses me off, I guess is, you know, we, we've never had a leak mm-hmm. and you know, it, it comes from, it comes from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, and again, it, I I really don't care if somebody figures it out. What I care about is that there's somebody's life is about to get seriously altered mm-hmm. by a trade, and we've we've got, you know, we just kind of throw it around like it's like it's nothing, right? Yeah, you know. Um, Brandon Duham, I don't think it's the real Brandon Duham. Hmm. I asked, uh, let's hear your best Phil Kessel story. <laughs> Yeah, Phil. He, Phil's an awesome guy. He really is. I, I, I love him. He's just the best. I, I like talking to Phil a lot because he's a, he's a pretty smart guy. He's got an interesting way of looking at the game, looking at life. Um, had a lot of really good conversations with Phil. I just, I really like talking to him. He, he is a, he is a, uh, he's a, he's a real interesting guy. Can I pinpoint one conversation? No. But if you get on a subject that he really likes to talk about, you're going to be there for a while. Poker. Yeah, Loves but I wouldn't. Poker. I wouldn't talk to him about poker. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm not a good poker player. See, so. that's what I would love to talk. To yeah, about poker. Love to do. A, I told. Travis I, I used to. I used to tell. I used to tell Phil all the time that I could be, still beat him in the hundred yard dash. <laughs> um, somebody else said best Doug Waite story. Um, that one, I'm sure you got a thousand. Oh God, I got a thousand of those. Yeah, I, I don't like whenever people ask these questions, I can't think of it right off the top of my head. But oh man, there's just there's too many to there's there's too many to even I, I can't I can't pinpoint one. But we we've had a lot of good laughs over the years. Michael Vetter asks, uh, "What's his favorite offseason activity, and what's he looking forward to most this summer?" Uh, favorite off season, uh, activities. I just like playing golf. Yep. 
Um, you know what I love? I love when we're when my whole family's down at the Jersey Shore at our place down there. That's my favorite time. That's that's what uh, that's what I really love doing the most. And I'm looking playing, looking forward to. I'm trying to shave some some uh, some some points off my my handicap, but we'll see. Uh, a couple more for you. What's the most unique thing you and your family have done in Minnesota this year outside the game? Oh shit, we've done a lot of cool stuff. What? I'm trying to think. Didn't you and your daughters, that? your daughter, like get a, one of those beer? What's the bar hopping passes? Oh like, yeah, the pub pass. Yeah, that, yeah. that the pub pass is great. And those guys at pub pass, they sent me a couple, a couple freebies, which was fantastic. <laughs> I still encourage anybody. Father's Day is coming up. Get that for your father. That is pub the pub pass. So it, what is it? It's 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 a passport, uh-huh. and you there are there are bars that participate, and you go in and you get one free beer, and they stamp your passport, and you go. I think there's 21, 22 bars or brew pubs on it, mm-hmm. and you just fill out your passport like you're traveling, <laughs> and it it is awesome because it brings you Close it brings you down. well it brings you to all sorts of different places of Minneapolis and St. Paul that you might not even um, go to. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's great. We went, oh my God, what's, uh, um, yeah, we, we've been to a, yeah, we've been to a bunch of them. So that, that's a, that's a really fun time. A couple of years ago, we went ice fishing. We really love that. My, my kids are on me to get a couple uh, snowmobiles. I don't know if I'll do that, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we we get into it pretty good. Yeah. We wherever we are, we try to, you know, uh, uh, enjoy what there is to, uh, you know, what there is to offer there. And and there's a ton here. There's a ton to do. Uh huh. Yeah. Ton Squad wants to know if you guys plan to update the locker room. It's, we do. It's dated. We do. It is dated. How the hell does he know? Well, he sees it probably because you let the cameras in. Oh, that's a good point. I would say Excel Energy Energy Center might be the only building in the league where the visiting locker room is like more spacious than the. Yeah. No, we need we need some updates. We need. uh, Yeah. All over. It's hey, look, I think our crew's done a great job of keeping that building super clean and incredible. And and, but it's also 22 years old. Yeah. Like you, you know? see, you go around these other arenas now, the clubs under the arena, you know, they yeah, got, the, you yeah. know, all that type of stuff. Yep. Uh, two more for you. Bryce asks, this is a really good one. Um, Bryce is this guy, he lives in like northern Manitoba. He's, he's a kid. The only way to get out of there is to fly, essentially. And he'll fly to every game that you guys have in Winnipeg, spend like ridiculous money. Is he in, uh, what is it like that? What's it yeah, like it's, La Paw or something it's like, like that? It's, Dean, not, it's like yeah, up it's by where Dino's from. It's, it's or even, where Dewar's from, yeah. too. It's like, yeah, no, this is uh, this is like he's got to get on a plane to get out. And it's incredible. This poor guy goes yeah. to every one of your games in Winnipeg, I and he hasn't it. seen a That's lot great. of Windsor. That's uh, but great. He wants to know your favorite place to summer vacation. Jersey Ocean City, New Jersey, baby. Um, But that I, I think that's really cool. I love hearing stories about oh, guys good. like that. Like Dino, like listening to Dino – and how he grew up, I forget the uh, Thompson, Manitoba. Yep. I think it was. Yeah. There was not a road going north. Yeah, he had to go south or that like just yeah. just think of that. Yeah. There wasn't a road going north. Yeah, and and that's uh, awesome that he comes in. Yeah, thank you. Um, Miles Erickson wants to know: Do you have any internships for high school students? 
Uh, not high school students, I don't <laughs> think. But we'll we'll be. I think we're gonna look into starting an intern program. And cool. but the, the the problem is it's not in hockey operations. Okay. The that's a that's the thing that really stinks is that you know people ask that a lot because everybody wants to work in hockey ops. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's very few jobs, and to be quite honest, there really just wouldn't be much for you to do. Mm-hmm. It's really. It's a really tough thing to to have create an internship in in hockey operations. Yeah, like what are you going to have the kid do? Right, yeah. right. Um, how about internships for sports writers? Can we uh, come into hockey ops? Maybe uh, shadow you for. You're like, already on one. July thirteenth. Yeah. Um, Horseradish wants to know why don't you consult the fan base on Twitter before you make any moves? <laughs> because there's a lot of fake accounts out there that we're finding out about. Right. Yeah, I'm well aware of them. Yeah. Um, uh, just final comment from Rebecca Erler, who's one of the coolest people on Twitter. She goes, I listened to the Burrow interview and I freaking love Billy G. I'm ready to run through a wall for this guy. And I just watch the team on TV. If the team needs an account, let me know. Seriously, would love to work for a guy who calls it like it is and respects his people. So that's Rebecca. Well, thank you, Rebecca. She, Rebecca's uh, this um, fan that uh, she, she's so cool. Like she'll uh, like years ago, she, I would come in before the playoffs and I'd go to security and there'd be like a, coffee kit waiting for me of just like all sorts of coffee like beans and paraphernalia and all this stuff to like get me through the playoffs so that's awesome i was like that's, Rebecca. that's great yeah. so we figured out that i'm not the day you were talking about that doesn't know crap uh, you know what you might be <laughs> i don't know and hey look, Last, look at any like, questions for for, yeah. for for that like whoever whoever people are that are talking to people i'm not saying they don't know hockey right i'm not saying they don't know anything like that's not I don't know everything, but I do know one thing. I know what the hell is going on in my office. And I know there's only very few people that know everything that's going on or actually what is going on. And we keep a very, uh, very tight, uh, knit circle. And, and, you know, and I, I listen. And I mean, I also don't, you know, I also have a lot of respect for m- members of the media. Mm-hmm. and people that are doing their job and they're doing their best to get information. And I also don't like people like in the media to, to look silly. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're mentioning something, you know, there, there have been times where I've seen reports by media people and I will actually call them and I'll just tell them, I said, listen, I don't want you to, you should be careful in reporting that because it's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not happening or being discussed at all, and I don't want to see you get burnt. So whoever's giving you that information is dead wrong, right? Because I, I do, I, I do respect it. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was, but we had one of those ones uh, yeah. last summer. Yeah. Um, Liam, uh, unfortunately, they lost last night, New Mexico oh, Ice Bowls. Yeah. But um, I think the, oh. the good news for you and your wife is that he's going to be going to Hamlin, which is he's going to Hamlin next year, which is great. Yeah, we're so pumped. we're so disappointed for the boys. Uh, the New Mexico Ice Wolves. They 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 played so hard, two overtime was, games in a row. Yeah, one they double. beat New Jersey in the first game. Um, I think it was three one, and then the second game they lost in overtime, and then the third game they lost in double overtime. But I tell you, it was so cool because half of the team is from Minnesota, and we were playing up at they were playing up at Fogarty Arena, and so many of the kids from Minnesota, their buddies showed up. And the place was packed, and they had like all the chants going, and they were cheering for all their pals and stuff like that. Awesome. 
it was just it was just so cool. And that organization, I tell you what, they're the, they're a very new organization. Uh, they've won organization of the year. They've won uh, uh, so many different awards for it. Their social media is incredible. Like they they just got such a great thing going on. They're gonna win. They're gonna win. Stan that. Hubbard owns. Stan them. Hubbard yep. owns. Yep. Stan and Jennifer Hubbard. They they own the team and they bought the rink a couple of years ago and they've they've got an amazing facility out mm-hmm. there. You should, I mean, it's it's incredible and um, yeah, they they just had a great season and, and the the boys played so hard. It was it was heartbreaking. Yeah. And this kid, their goalie uh, Benny Halas, he's going to uh, Northern Michigan. He's from Budapest. Oh wow. And uh, and his father and grandfather flew in wow. for the playoffs and they were just they were cheering and going nuts it was really cool to see the the th- three generations of them uh you know together after mm-hmm. the game hugging and stuff like that. it was you know, it's it, amazing it was great yeah i'm going to budapest july 15th so make sure you, all your work is done by that date it'll be done yeah um the one, one thing on a touching note is uh, Liam won the, the inaugural Mac Motzko Award down there. And, yeah. and I know that they were extremely, extremely close uh, roommates, yeah. I believe, yep. down there as yep. well. Um, yep. How how proud are you of that and, and just how, how tough has this been? And I know uh, Liam was brokenhearted last summer. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, it, and still. And, and I'm so proud of, uh, you know, Liam just because of, of who he is, you know, the – the type of man that he's turning into and um, you know, it's, it's all about other people for him and the way he treats other people. And uh, you know, he gets involved, he treats everybody like they're the the only person in the world. And uh, you know, for him to, to win that award that's named after, you know, in honor of of his very good friend, Mac Moscow, who was just an incredible kid. Uh, Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm, I'm a very, very proud father. That's awesome. Uh, final question: uh, Kara wants to know if you can uh, <laughs> if you can uh, stop and get some bread on the way home. I'll, I'll say yes, but I'll forget by the time I get in my car and start it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll text you. Um, hey, I uh, really appreciate you doing this. Uh, you know, this was this was a lot of fun, uh, especially on the yeah this- on the uh, on the eve of the, uh, the the season. Unfortunately, I mean, it's just uh, you know, I think we were all kind of stunned that it ended the way it did, and yeah. and uh, unfortunately. Well, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Listen, it, it, it did. It was a big disappointment the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, me personally, I look back and look how far we've come. Mm-hmm. And we have we have some great players, some great humans that 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 work and play for our team. And and this is, hey, look, if this isn't a build, if this season wasn't a building block, then I don't know what is. Right. And you know what? Hey, we're always going to be disappointed until we get until we get there. So, um, you know, we gotta, we just gotta keep moving on. Yep. And well, thanks, hey, thanks, Lassie, for having yeah, us. Yeah, Lassie, buddy. any questions? I think we should keep doing it here. Yeah, I know. I think we definitely need to do this podcast at, at this uh, awesome establishment. Lassie, you sure you don't know questions? I know you have questions. Well, when we turn the recorder off, we'll we'll get the real questions. <laughs> no, he doesn't ask me questions. <laughs> he makes statements. He gives me he gives me orders. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Billy. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. 
tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Thanks to Billy Guerin for joining Straight from the Source this week. Uh, if you want to listen to other podcasts, blues writer Jeremy Rutherford joins Kirk Custance and Sean Gentilly this week on the Athletic Hockey Show USA, and that is published on Monday. And Bruce Boudreau joins Thomas Drantz and Farhan Laji uh, this week on the VanCast. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and for review. Subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day for free trial then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just a buck a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. <laughs>